All right, so sick. Uh, hello and welcome everybody to the Sidecar Coffee Podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Caleb. And uh, today we kind of have like a special episode for you guys. Super special. This is the first of many, hopefully, if anyone will ever. Yeah, after this one. If this one goes yeah, well. Yeah, this might, this might be the end. Uh, but hopefully not. We're actually here with someone super cool who we've looked up to for quite some time now and who we think is awesome in the coffee industry. Uh, this is the co-owner of Comeback Beverage Company and the Comeback Coffee Company out of Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Hayes McPherson. What's up? What's up? Hey. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Thank uh, you so much. So yeah, so today we're just kind of going to be um, doing like a little interview and getting to know Hayes and um, coffee culture in Memphis. Uh, just talking about like what it's kind of like owning a business, how um, Hayes got into the coffee industry and kind of giving you guys um basically someone else who kind of knows a lot more than we do yeah. like information and uh I go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we wanted to do this because i mean at the end of the day we're two young college students who think we know a lot but we don't know as much as a lot of people in the industry and we really want to create a we've, we've always said from the beginning creating the resources we wish we had when we started and if we can just hear these excellent people speak about what they know and what they've gone through it, it, I think that creates a super amazing opportunity for people listening in. So yeah. it's, it's cool for us, but it's also cool for people that are listening as well. So, uh, yeah. So let's get started with this, um, with this, uh, sidecar maybe. So <laughs> we actually doing something a little different. <laughs> yeah. <here>. Right. <laughs> uh, Hayes is actually drinking a sidecar today. Side Walk side. us through what you're drinking. Yeah. So, uh, got a sidecar ready to go for us. Uh, kind of mixed up a little bit and made it with our uh, lemon and thyme coffee soda. We call it Southern Style. It's made with our washed Ethiopian Agaro uh, coffee. And it's tasting like the coffee by itself. It's a super sweet apricot, uh, nice little floral to it. And so in a drink like this, it's a, it's a great, great base to, to build a sidecar with. It's a lot of fun. Wow, sick. That's All awesome. right. Do you want to give it a little, little slurp? Yeah. We do like a good loud cupping yeah, slurp with it. very loud. <laughs> That's it. it is. That, that was good. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's a great way to get into this. Yeah. So we we are also drinking a sidecar. Um, it is just a, a random coffee that we're so we ordered coffee from Comeback Coffee, and it is a lovely federal holiday. And so the post office did not deliver it today. It was supposed to arrive today, but we are gonna cut to now future Lewis and Caleb, who are gonna talk about this coffee that we're tasting. Sick. How do we get here? I don't know, but I feel different. I do feel uh, yeah. All right, this is future Caleb and Lewis. Uh, we're oh. we're in the future right now. Um, it's wild out here. We actually have coffee. It's here stuck it around. Is. Yeah. So what are we drinking, Caleb? So we're drinking multiple different things. One, a sidecar. Oh, what is that? Though? Oh my god, a future sidecar. I, I got to explain that. Oh my gosh. So it's a milk beverage with an espresso based milk beverage with the same espresso that's used in that milk beverage served on the side. And this is just in our case. There's other sidecars out there. Yeah, this is a sidecar cocktail. We advise that uh, if any cafes are listening and you don't have a sidecar on your menu, it's a fun way to taste how milk affects espresso, and, and we love it. So throw it on your menu. Why not? All right. So Specifically today, we're drinking a Costa Rica Ooh. from Comeback Coffee Roasters. Yeah, so we, uh, we actually have Comeback Coffee, future Caleb and Lewis do, pastime uh caleb and lewis it was are, just sitting in the post those guys anyway suck <laughs> so um so so yeah we're drinking a costa rica natural uh the processing is natural from costa rica 
Terrazoo, San Marcos. Is the region. Yes, it is. And then tasting notes of the, wait no we won't get into tasting notes until does it we say taste. a farmer's name or is it just uh, Santa? Let's see. Producer info. Each coffee exported by Co-op Terrazoo. I think it's Santa whatever. So it's a, it's a Co-op. So it's it's a it's from it, a Co-op. Yeah. Uh, different farmers working together. What's the town's name again? Uh. Um, Bro, it's in the name. No, it's not. Oh, wait, San Marcos. There it is, San Marcos. Jesus. <laughs> All right, we're, we're live. We're all right. Let's, so we're tasting the coffee. Yeah. I'll taste the espresso first. Do it. Mm. Wow. Syrup. Mm, cherry limeade. Mm. Toffee. Mm. Bit of, mm, like, Werther's original chocolate. Not chocolate, but caramel. Sweetness. Grapefruit. Yeah, there's so one of the flavor calls on this coffee from Comeback is agave, and it's like this weird like agave finish. It's almost like the finish of tequila, mm-hmm. um, like a hundred percent agave tequila. Like it, it's almost that exact finish. Um, yeah, that's that's super nice. It's really good. Go with that really refreshing. Bag. It's really refreshing on espresso. Yeah, it's so so light. Which is weird because it's like it's sweet, but it's also super super. What? What? Whoa! It's like lime zest. I don't, bro. What? It's like Sprite, but with milk. (laughs) Like, what is that? It's almost like in the milk. It's like a a really soft, mellow mojito. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little herbal, like really yeah. unique, really, really, honestly, like really. And it's freaking still unique. so refreshing, yeah. Even with milk, like it's the the heaviness is just within the milk itself, but mm. it, that coffee is still so light, dude. That's incredible. We also have a couple different things. So, come back, coffee, as you'll hear in this episode. Whenever we get back to it, is uh, there? They also have some cans and their coffee sodas. So they take. Um, their coffee that they roast, they brew it and put it into um, Dude, a, a, so a carbonated mm. beverage with other things. So this first one that we're going to do um, is called Southern Style. Uh, and, I, and I think this is the one that they've had for a while. Pretty sure. I've had the other one before just being from and, and living in Memphis. But this one I haven't. But I think this is the one that they started with. Um, and it's it's a coffee soda. So it's got – we swapped <laughs> – Oh wait, hold on. So they so they basically took coffee, added carbonation, like carbonated water, and some other flavors. And so this one is a lemon and thyme flavored coffee soda. And then we also have a strawberry and lime. Yeah, and so that one is um, uh, field day. Field day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's get a crack on this. We're gonna pour these over ice and taste them. like an old future song it's like a future intro <laughs> what you know about that can DS2? we get a lighter in here so i can flick it all right so he's drinking the field day we'll let him taste that see how he feels so these literally don't look wow. like coffee they look like like root beer or uh ginger beer it's so ref- this one's like 
Speaking of, re- of refreshing, yeah, <laughs> wow, lots of refreshments in the future, man. <laughs> we're we're doing great out here. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead with Southern style. That's so delicious, bro. Try that. I'm ta- no, I know what that tastes like. I'm taking that to go. <laughs> wow. Oh, Southern Ooh. style. It's just lemon. It's got a little nice like bite, nice acidity. Yeah. Bro, the strawberry and lime. Wow, these work so well. These are incredible. They're not. They're not too sweet. They're nice. Nice carbonation. Yeah, yeah. The the carbonation is not high at all. Like it's not super carbonated. I know a lot of people don't like carbonation. Um, it's so refreshing, bro. Like I would drink this outside. Wow, hot playing pickleball. I'd bring a cooler. Dude, that'd of be these. great. Not the like the cocktails you can make with that. Oh yeah, for real, for wow. real, for real, dude. This is incredible. All right, uh, yeah. Just the different stuff you can do by that. Anyway, this was all fantastic. Uh, the shot of espresso was very, very good. Uh, really sweet, really light, refreshing. Um, and the sodas are fantastic. Yeah, the sodas are just incredible. Honestly, if you're like still getting into coffee, I know he was talking about like their approachable side, like in the episode, because mm-hmm. we're future talking. We, we already know future. what happened. We know what happened. Episode. We know what he talked but about. But for you guys to find out, go ahead and listen to this. Shout out Hayes. That was freaking awesome experience. Um, still like mind boggled that we even got the opportunity to do that. But yeah, yeah listen yeah. up, guys. This uh, yeah, episode's right. really really cool. It's crazy. All right, Caleb and hey, Lewis, you guys, back you guys, guys can take it back. There it is. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> we're back. All right. So thank you, future take Lewis over. And Caleb. Please take it. We're done. I don't like it here. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. All right. So let's get into this. So Hayes, this is this is all about you. Uh, so just tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Sure. Cool. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in Memphis. Uh, Memphis has always been home for me. Uh, it's kind of my roots. Uh, my wife and I we met when we were. Shoot, we met when we were 13 um, oh, wow. and started dating when we were 16 and just kind of kept it going from then been married for seven years now. So, um, but That's Memphis awesome. is for us. It's what we love. We love the city a lot. Um, we left for a little bit, went to school in Arkansas and then made our way back and uh, started to come back shortly thereafter. So it's been a really long journey getting to this point where now our company where, you know, where we started five years ago, we actually celebrate comebacks five-year anniversary come up the end of March, yeah, uh, sick. Uh, which is insane to, to even like conceptualize that. But yeah. uh, where the company is now was never the intention five years ago, seven years ago when we were building it out. Right. Right. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun to, to grow it and shape it into hopefully, you know, a very long road ahead of us. So um, right. going yeah. to school, was that kind of like the direction you knew you wanted to go in or was that, just uh, kind of something random that you were like, all right, let's do this. No, school's the worst for me. <laughs> That's yeah, um, and I feel like it is for a lot of people. But oh, yeah. I, I changed my major like six different times mm-hmm. while I was in school. Felt uh, that I, I barely got through college. I mean, it was by my, I mean, to the nail the entire way through. But uh, what I ended up graduating with was. A, a degree, a split degree in entrepreneurship and communications. Okay. Um, and so hey, you definitely always say, <laughs> there you go, communication, right? Um, and so it, it definitely like helps me a little bit. Um, what I've always said is there's no better training to be in this industry, to run businesses, to, to kind of do this entrepreneurial thing than experience. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you don't need a degree to do any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
the vast majority of what we've learned and kind of like what we shaped has just come with experience and just being behind the wheel and just going for it. So wow. school yeah. was uh, more fun than it was anything <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. Wow. We're like five minutes in and he's speaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Do my best. Do my best. So. Uh, and so what kind of, what kind of inspired making uh, the jump to start a, to start a company and, and was it with just you and your, in your wife or was yeah. there more people involved with that? Yeah. Um, so kind of taking it back, what my history looks like in coffee. Um, we, so my wife and I, I guess, base level, we have always wanted to run something together. Uh, we had talked about it for years, kind of growing up, how special that would be. Um, and so, you know, when you're with somebody for like that amount of time, um, we do everything together. And so yeah. it's not like we wave goodbye to each other at 7 a.m. and then see each other at 5 a.m. Like right. we're, we're side by side yeah. uh, all day, every day. Um, which I know for some people would like literally drive them insane, yeah. but uh, for us, like, you know, she's my best friend. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, but so we, we'd always talked about doing something together. And then I started working coffee when I was in college and it was just kind of like a, a college job, uh, pay some bills and give me some pocket money. And then I just absolutely fell in love with the industry. And so that opened up that door for us to step into together where I was coming in it from behind the bar and what it was like being a barista and uh, being kind of on the customer engagement side. And then my wife was coming in, Amy was coming in on the end of the consumer side and uh, right. she's a graphic designer. So she actually does all the design for us at Comeback. Oh, wow. So, which is insane, she's super talented. And so, but she was coming into the coffee shop that I worked at and she was, you know, sitting at the tables and working all day and night. The, the shop that I first started working at, it's called Midnight Oil uh, in Searcy, Arkansas. And uh, it literally was open until midnight and like one o'clock. Oh, wow. wow. Um, and so like talk about like one of the worst shifts. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, it's awful. I was walking away with like $5 in tips oh, on app. No, that's yeah. just not it. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. Uh, but it was a really great place to like get my uh, my legs kind of like in it and get, get working on what coffee was like. And so we both fell in love with the two different angles of what a shop can be. Um, and so then once we started looking at, okay, we want to do something together. We want to build something together. Coffee was the easiest thing for us to step into because how familiar mm. it was. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. That's and then, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's been, it's been the two of us since the beginning. Uh, we have a ton of support from family, friends who have helped financially have helped emotionally, spiritually, like any of the things that you could be drained in, uh, family and friends have been the the key like cornerstone mm -hmm. of that. So that's but, that's really cool and interesting to hear. Um, yeah. especially like coming out of school and being like, We're not gonna try to find someone to work for. You wanted to like make your own thing. What was yeah. kind of like did you not really see anything like that aligned with your own kind of what you wanted to work in, or was it just like you wanted to create something new or how was that kind of process of creating yeah. the company? It's a good question. Um, I want to be like real deep about it and talk about our creative flow and like how we want to take it over. That was not at all at the beginning. We both <laughs> did, Amy did her internship in graphic design at a place here who were actually two buildings down from where she did her internship. Um, and I went in for an interview for an internship at a place here in Memphis uh, for marketing. And I did the first round interviews. I left and I said, I'm never going to step foot in this place again. Uh, <laughs> I cannot imagine what my life would look like. So 
when we got out, we left that, we left that summer. We, that's what kind of like gave us that thought process of like, okay, I think we need to be our own boss. Mm. Uh, we'll function better that way. And then what does that look like? And that's how we kind of started to like hash it out. And then we started being like, okay, well, creatively, this is how we function. Uh, this is how we work as people, as human beings. Um, and that didn't work well in a nine to five setting. Yeah. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's, you know, it's seven in the morning till 7 p.m. or 12 yeah. p.m., three in the morning. Till whenever it gets. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. You know, we're up at four or five. And so uh, while that's like super stressful, um, it's the perfect sweet spot for yeah, us. Yeah, 100%. Up. It's whatever you, you like, you personally are best at. And- yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and so with that opening comeback, how what was kind of the process of the first couple stages of of opening and you know, why even the name comeback? Like what what was kind of the, the first kind of um I guess what was the first couple of months like in opening the business? Yeah, so we got super lucky on the kind of like the beginnings of comeback. Uh, at that time, we actually weren't called Comeback Coffee. We were called Born and Raised Coffee. We ended up getting a, a cease and desist lawsuit from a, a company out in LA who um, was ready to take us out. And I'm sure we, that was great. That, that, <laughs> that, was awesome. that was awesome. Incredible. As like we were, we were fresh out of college. I think we were 23 at the time. Yeah. Uh, and we got this like letter from this <laughs> top-notch lawyer from LA. Uh, threatening litigation and sort of like but at that time we were born and raised and uh, it was just a conceptual idea we got really lucky with where we kind of have laid our ground roots of comeback yeah uh, we we're able to get into a building here downtown memphis uh, we're on the north end of downtown which for anybody who doesn't know memphis the north end of downtown is like desolate like there's one thing over here <laughs> that know, and it's the pyramid it's the pyramid uh, yes that's it yeah um and so that was like to our benefit because all the property values like all the properties over here were dirt cheap. I mean, it was less. It was nice. for us, our building, it's a three-story building. And we were able to purchase that for less than what you would get a starter home for mm-hmm. uh, in Memphis, which is insane. So yeah, that's yeah, it's a beautiful building too. Like yeah. I, I've been in there many, many times. And the the back patio specifically, oh my yeah. gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but we're also super lucky in the sense that uh, my father-in-law, Amy's dad, is a contractor, general contractor by trade. Um, and so when we started looking at what it looked like to build out a coffee shop, to rehab a, a building, um, we kind of had like our full team ready to go, which was sick. That's so, awesome. Yeah, That's so uh, awesome. Which was cool. So we started to kind of like laying the ground roots of it, building out the building, rehabbing the project. Uh, we lived on the third floor of the building while we did construction uh, and it kind of just made it work. And then uh, it was, we got that litigation from the lawyer. I think it was four months before we were supposed to open up the shop. Um, and we just got hit by a brick wall. Right. Back a little bit. Um, and then we were sitting around with some friends at the time. And we were just like racking our brain of what can we call this thing? Uh, you know, the mission has always been that we are creating a space for Memphis, by Memphis. Um, and so it was a place to kind of like get back to the city that raised us and kind of all the buzzwords that you can throw in there for right. coffee shop owners. But, um, and so we were like looking at that and we were going through Spotify, trying to like find like a good name, like anything. In tech 
Um, and somebody scrolled past a song called Comeback Kid. And they're like, what about Comeback Kid Coffee? And we're like, no, that sucks. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Boo. It's not going to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like literally just a crowd of us going, boo. Yeah. <laughs> but then we circled back around and Amy was like, well, what about just Comeback Coffee? I think that like fits what we want our space to be. Um, and we sat on it for a couple of days and we're like, no, that's, I think that's actually better than what it was going to be called from the get go. So yeah. we stopped it and that was kind of the rest of the history. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, well, you, you, you talked a little bit about, uh, it, like this was not really the intentions, original intentions were not coffee. What, what was, what was the moment that you were like, this is going to be, or, or like with, with, with it being now coffee yeah. beverage company, mm-hmm. what, when, what was the original idea for it? Yeah. So originally we kind of tossed around the idea of a lot of different things. We knew we wanted customer facing because uh, both of us are very much like community minded people. We love having a space that like other people can share in. Um, but we didn't really know like what it was going to be outside of that until I started working that coffee job and kind of fell in love with the industry. Uh, I was super fortunate, you know, midnight oil, um, and, and Cersei is this like really fun place that is 100% second wave coffee, right? It is diner coffee. The house espresso is, um, you know, I don't want to step on toes or like call anybody out for anything, but yeah. dark as can be, you can see the oil on the bean. Like it's a, it's that type of place. But on the flip side of that, like those types of places, what they're able to produce as far as like a community space is unmatched. Yeah. And, yes. Um, and so once we experienced that, that was like a clear, like, okay, let's, let's kind of like shape this out and run with it and, um, see what a coffee shop looks like. And then towards like halfway through my time at Minot Oil, uh, the manager at the time, uh, he started looking into his name is Jared Davenport and he started looking into, um, what specialty coffee was like. And at that time, third wave coffee was like starting to like kick off a little bit more seriously and uh, folks like Onyx uh, was like kind of at their prime. They were like really shooting for the stars at that point. And so we were getting coffees in like that alongside of those like super dark roast coffees uh, that all the like old heads that were coming in and like staying for like 12 hours uh, were drinking. And so we started tasting those coffees. It was actually, um, I think everybody in the industry kind of has that one coffee that you can kind of look back on and go, yeah. like, oh, shoot, like that's that's the coffee that did it for me. The aha moment, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and for me, it was a Ethiopian Guji from Onyx. It was their first year hearing it. And it was the first time that I had tasted like blueberry and a coffee. And I was like, what yeah. is happening? Like, this is not what I'm used to at all. Yeah, that's uh, not coffee, yeah. That's not coffee, right? Yeah. And once I had that, that was like, okay, cool. We can do this coffee shop feel where it feels good and it's comfortable. We can also do it in a way that's well done and tastes good. Yeah. Um, and you're not suffering through your morning cup of coffee. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that kind of is what shaped the next few steps of us conceptualizing and getting come back up off, off the ground. Cool. And then, so you guys started off as a multi-roaster uh, yeah. uh, place. And, and for those who don't know what a multi-roaster is, it's usually just a place that carries and like wholesales from multiple different roasters. Mm-hmm. We have one in St. Louis called Comet Coffee. Uh, we go there a lot and buy like Manhattan and, and, and uh, freaking what's the Sweet Bloom and little all Buffalo. these uh, little Buffalo. Like there, there's, there's so many yeah. different, they carry a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So, so why was that to this, the decision and, and not roasting your own? 
Yeah. Uh, so multi-roaster program was really intriguing for us for a few reasons. One, uh, we've always kind of like lived by the staple of if you can't do it yourself, just don't do it. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And at that point, I did not know how to roast. I was like, I, I did not want to, I did not want to touch them at all. Um, there were people out there absolutely crushing it. And uh, that was not me. So um, I knew how to pull a shot and make it taste good. And I knew how to build spaces and make it feel good. Uh, but roasting was not it. And so that was kind of like the base layer of it. And then, uh, but on the flip side of that, like, again, it played into the piece of who we were as a company at that point, which was um, the connection part and us getting to be able to be connected with the dozens and, you know, so many different roasters that are all over the nation and now right. world. They're just crushing it in coffee. Yes. Uh, putting out these most like insane coffees that we've ever had. Um, and so that's what we wanted. And for Memphis, Memphis is such a like special city when it comes to coffee because it's still even now so infantile in its coffee steps yes. uh, at the very beginnings. And so um, when we came on the scene, there was one other shop, city and state, uh, yeah. they're multi-producer as well. And uh, that was it as far as specialty coffee goes. And, and so what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring something fresh to the city so that when people were coming to our shop, it wasn't the same type of coffee experience they had had uh, at the other shops in the city. And so uh, that played into it as well. So we just wanted to expose yeah. good coffee to good people. That's awesome. That That's awesome. I like that that, yeah. that little, little quip there. Good coffee to good people. That's nice. Uh, so I don't know. That, that was just, I like, that sounded good. <laughs> um, I think that's awesome for you to realize, like, I don't want to dive into that. I can't do that. Let's still provide, like, a good product to put out there. I think right. a if lot of my, people. If my timelines are right, too, like, this is before the hub. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the hub actually opened up, um, I think, right. So Lance Hedrick, who yes. is a Onyx now, uh, he was in Memphis at the time and he helped open up uh, the hub. And I think they opened up either a couple months after us or a couple months before. Like we opened up very like close timelines okay. uh, to us, but they opened up, I don't know if it was with exclusivity to Onyx. But Lance had the connections to Onyx already, right. so they were yeah. a partner for them uh, at the time. But uh, I, I think we opened up a little bit before they did. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not too sure. So, yeah, there's it's there's it, watching the coffee scene grow in Memphis has just been awesome to see, and especially someone like living there and mm -hmm. being in being in high school at the time that uh, I was getting into coffee, like just being able to have that access to those resources. And right. now looking at it now, like it's, it's huge. There's, there's lots of big things, Literally. but then now you guys roast your own stuff. Like yeah. and, and I, it's awesome. We, we've had a couple different copies from you guys Thanks. and uh, we're both super into roasting and, and the, uh -huh. the sourcing behind it as well. So yeah. do you want to talk about like the kind of process of developing a roasting program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's important for us to like note too, we're still a multi-roaster. Like, yeah. Our shop oh, okay. still brings in other folks alongside of our coffees. Um, and it's intentional for many reasons, but it's because of, you know, that's who we are, our core foundation. And so mm -hmm. we didn't want to lose that. Um, we still that's working with people all over the world. Now. I mean, we started off only stateside, but we have a lot of partnerships uh, across the world. One of our good partners and one of our good buddies now, Process Coffee uh, over yeah. in Ireland. Like ben is like killing it. Yes, yeah, their stuff's now. crazy. Stuff's I crazy. Like, Packaging is stupid. Yeah, the, cool. the VHS tape. Yeah, it's yeah. like so smart. Um, and so 
we still like hold on to those pieces. But when it comes to building out a roasting program, um, I, I'm not even going to front about it. We only did it at the beginning to like save money. Um, that was the thought process behind it. In pandemic, we pivoted a little bit as a company. Um, you know, a lot of folks got hit harder in pandemic and, and had to pivot in so many different ways. And for us, one of our products that we had on our menu was coffee soda. Um, and we were serving it off tap at that point uh, at the shop. And one of the biggest requests that we kept getting during pandemic was, look, we can't make our way to you. Can we get coffee soda like sent to us? Um, and so we started like canning that ourselves, And that's like been a whole journey. Um, and in that though, we, one of our core folks, he's, he's our CEO, his name's Ethan McGoy. Ethan was looking at how we can make this viable on like a larger scale, right? Because at the time we were basically losing money on coffee soda when we were doing it ourselves and the way we were doing it, we were doing like a hundred at a time and we were buying the most expensive stuff and like, it just was not scalable. Uh-huh. Uh, and we started like taking that a little more seriously of like, okay, let's make this something that has longevity to it. Uh, roasting was a big cost saving piece to that because we were working at that time with a methodical coffee who still incredible. We love methodical. Yes, they do. Shorts, the whole team is like so talented, so cool. Um, but we were buying from them and we noticed that if we were to roast ourselves, we could cut that price point in like half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was so against it. I did not want to roast, still holding on to that belief system that other people can do it better. Mm. But I heard that and I was like, man, I, I think we have to if we want to scale this thing the way we want to right. scale it. Um, and then we had a couple of folks that worked for us at the shop at the time. Um, Kelsey Taylor, who's our head roaster currently, and Hannah Sisson, who's our wholesale rep now uh, and also does roasting for us. Uh, they came up to us and they're like, look, like if you're about to do this, you're about to take a step into roasting, we want to be a part of that. We want to help grow that with you guys. Um, can we join you on whatever this looks like? And so they're like, okay, well, if we're going to do it and we're going to put stuff out there and we're going to employ people to you know, be behind a roaster, like we need to do this the comeback way. We need to do it like to the fullest as best as possible. So that's kind of like what started us roasting, yeah. uh, which is not like this like glamorous or like special, like it's like super capitalistic viewpoint of roasting, <laughs> which is kind of gross. Um, but what has been in turn come out of that has been really special for us as a company because we have fallen in love with the roasting side of things. Yeah. Um, really cool to shape up what a, a program looks like that we're still really kind of shaping out currently. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, intentionality was a really big piece. We wanted to make sure the coffees that we were bringing on, we had relationships with importers and farmers. Um, we wanted to make sure that what we were paying for those coffees uh, was not just like livable wages coffee, right? That bare minimum of trade yeah. fair. Because or fair trade, because fair trade, I think is like a dollar eighty per pound, yeah, uh, which is like rough. I mean, that is yeah, it's not even. Close. And that's fair trade. Uh, that's what's like deemed by the world as like this is good for these farmers. Um, and so, on average, you know, we're paying about six dollars per pound for for all of our coffees. Nice. Um, but uh, so we want to be really intentional about that. So we took several months to one learn how to roast. Uh, boycott coffee here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he is the owner of Boycott, one of the owners of Boycott. They allowed us to get on their roaster and just be creative with it and try things out and fail and kind of like guided us on the basics of roasting. And then we got a Diedrich ourselves, and Kelsey got behind a Diedrich and just ran with it. So 
Um, you know, we're really excited about the type of coffees that we're bringing on now because they're those intentionally sourced coffees, uh, but they're coffees that we want to be drinking and coffees that we want in our cafe, right? Yeah. Versus coffees that we want other people to drink. Um, there's a, I forgot who says it. There's a quote from someone talking about creativity and talking about making things. Um, and he's like talking about how basically, why would I create music for other people? Because then that's not authentically me. And then therefore it's going to suck. It's going to be trash. Right. Yeah. So I want to make music for myself. Then whoever likes that is going to buy into it. That's the same approach that we took. Like yeah. we want to create coffees that we can drink all of them. There's not a single coffee on our uh, roster that we're like, um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's not for me, but others yeah. will like it. Yeah. Right. right. I, I want to drink all my coffees. And so, um, that was an important piece of when we started sourcing and we started bringing in, uh, samplings and, and all that, like when we started working with green, uh, we wanted those really fun coffees. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember what, cause I, I bought a coffee like day, I mean, like maybe two days after you guys launched the shop and it was the, the co-ferment strawberry co-ferment uh, yeah, that right. was incredible. Thanks. Uh, and so it, it was, it was very interesting to see like this company that I, that I've been to for so long and, and see you guys like just jump into roasting almost what seemed like from the outside is like head first. I mean, this yeah. being a roaster myself, knowing like how, what these lots are and like how, you know, how much they go for, I was like, this, this is incredible. I'm glad that they're just going all in. Thanks, uh, yeah. it, it's really great that, that, that hearing you talk and like hearing you say like, you know, being, being upfront, being honest. I think a lot of people try to BS like an excuse to, to mm -hmm. go into roasting. You're like, no, it was, it was just cheaper. And like that, that's awesome. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I also want to come in, like hearing you mention multiple times, like the comeback way uh, and you wanted to go all in and, and not put, not half, uh like do everything the best that you can i think that's awesome yeah. to hear from like any yeah, point of business sense. like that's awesome to hear and, and really really awesome and cool um i want to ask you about you did you want to say something no okay uh i wanted to ask you like um how your person your personal like um i guess kind of relationship with coffee itself were you working and kind of the whole industry like are you, were you working, um, in your, in the first couple, like, I guess, do you still work in the cafe? I don't even know. Or are you like as an owner? Yeah. yeah. As an owner. Kind of. Yeah. Like, do you enjoy, like, what do you enjoy about the service industry and just the, the, that side of the coffee industry, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we, I don't work in the cafe as much as I used to when we first opened for the first like two or three years. Uh, I was behind bar, you know, I was on schedule and alongside of folks, you know, we took advice from a, a good buddy of ours who uh, said that like for a business to like succeed. And once we started to like grow, come back to being a beverage company and a roastery um, that for that to succeed, you can't be working in your business. You have to be working on your business, working on it, yes. um, yeah. which is the perfect advice uh, for, for growth. And so stepped away a little bit to do that. Uh, what's incredible about our setup is that our roastery and headquarters, so where like our offices are, where we brew coffee soda and and roast, is two buildings down from the coffee shop. Um, and so we were intentional with that. It was an empty lot at the time when we got it. Um, we looked at several different properties all over the city, but being able to be that close to our shop 
and still stay ingrained. I think for a lot of shops in this, you know, I don't want to like go after anybody, but I think the, the shops that are really successful are the shops that have ownership actively involved day to day. They may not be on bar. They may not be physically there every single day, but if you swing by that shop, they're in the ecosystem somewhere for you to talk to engage with. They're engaging with their employees and their day-to-day stuff. And so that's the approach we've taken as well is, you know, you may not see us on bar, but if you were to text me, I am down to you in 15 seconds, right? Right. I'm yeah, in grocery or brewing coffee soda. I'm, I'm here. Uh, we're going back and forth constantly between the shop and, and uh, production. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the approach that we take. That being said, I hopped on bar last week for a shift. Oh, nice. Um, and it's still a huge piece of what I love about like this industry. I love the service industry. Mm-hmm. I also hate the service industry. Like don't get it twisted. The service industry is so difficult it is. Uh, and it is grueling for your body. It is grueling for your emotions. Uh, the amount of like awful people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And uh, it'll, it, it shapes you as a person for real. Like yeah. character, no, nobody realizes like how much character bu- building you can actually get within sure. three to six months, even in a restaurant, I, pick any no, restaurant. So uh, absolutely. Um, so it is a big piece and, you know, I hate that I can't be on bar as much as I used to. Uh, but, yeah, but I mean, you're doing the thing, like yeah, you're doing, you're big doing things. the thing. Yeah. We're know, yeah. So. It's actually, it's actually, there, there's so many things that like listening to you talk. I'm like, I, th- these are things that I've been thinking about recently. Like uh-huh. it, just where I'm at, like, we're, you know, switching over to, you know, pulling me out of my, my, the location that I manage. And it's, it's right. hard. Cause you're like, I want to be there, but I also, yeah. like, this big thing can be so much bigger so you gotta give a little bit of attention and love yeah right right and then so you you, mentioning uh your your roasters and and wholesale manager that that have come up to you and said hey like we we want to grow this thing with you we actually just the episode that dropped today yeah today uh we we talked a lot about uh fostering passion and and having Mm -hmm. managers owners shift leads whoever that may be who is leaders within coffee fostering passion and really I would love to hear you talk about how you strive to foster passion within comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when we hire, one of the first things that we say is um, when you're coming on board, you're starting off as a barista, right? You're going to be behind bar. You're going to be pulling shots. You're going to be working with coffee. Um, But our goal is to keep you here as long as we possibly can. Uh, And that's beneficial for so many reasons. Uh, but it, it is a culture piece, right? Yeah. Because when people can see the same person behind bar or, or in the ecosystem. It uh, it helps, you know, customers. It helps the team. Helps everything. Uh, but then I don't know. It just feels feels gross to not create a system and an environment where people want to continue with you. Um, so you know what that looks like for us is it started off being, um, and I also think us being actively involved as well we're able to build those relationships a little bit easier and we're not this like foreign distant piece to the puzzle, right? Like we're actively there and alongside of those folks. And so it's easier to have that conversation of like, Hey, we're building this. Do you trust us to like join us on this journey or them say, we do trust you. Like, let's go, let's run with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I have like the answer of how to like, build the perfect company or people buy in. Um, I think a little bit of that is luck. 
I think a little bit of that is personality mm-hmm. uh, that creates that. And then it's being intentional about like, you're, you're dealing with humans, right? Yeah. With humans, right. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, unfortunately that's like super rare, uh, especially in our industry. Um, Bro, yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And then, I mean, just, just hearing you talk about culture, uh, culture is one of those things that I, I think we, we've actually talked about in a couple different episodes that if you're not striving to create a great culture, then like, what are you doing? And, and really sharing right. like coffee culture. So um, we, I, I know I've experienced coffee culture in Memphis, but I also would love to hear how you think it is. What, 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 uh, I guess like what inspires you every day to keep the coffee culture driving in Memphis? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I've always viewed the coffee culture of Memphis as an underdog type situation. I think the city of Memphis is an underdog city. Huge underdog. Um, in a lot of ways. Uh, and so, you know, what we do really well in Memphis is we do food really well and we do booze really well. Um, yes. And uh, I stand by that 100%. I think we've got some of the best breweries in, in the country. We definitely have some of the best food in the country. Uh, but coffee, it's just like, it's not, it's never been a focus. It's never been there mm-hmm. uh, for us here in Memphis. And so, um, you know, when we came in on it, it, uh, there was not much here. Right. Right. Uh, right. We had one cafe really pushing specialty, but, um, is that still recording? Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> what I've been doing <laughs> yeah. this whole time is upgrading to, <laughs> Yeah, so we do, we just that's keep why I've not been talking. Kind of like, <laughs> you like, yeah. oh, we're good now. We're good now. I'm so sorry. Right, cool. I'm no, so sorry. I was just watching the time tick down, and I was like, "Oh no, this." No, I like no, perfectly yeah. got I'm it like, with like 30 seconds. Okay, I'm sitting here super chill because I'm like I'm watching him like upgrade it. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even think about it. You're just like, "Oh, we're gonna keep okay." <laughs> right. No, all we're right. all good now. We're all good now. Again. Uh, yeah. So like as like an underdog city, um, it's been, I think a really great space where there are no expectations of what coffee can look like here. Um, and so you've seen some really special folks, open spaces, um, and groceries start to like, you know, skyrocket. Obviously like the big success story out of Memphis is coffee black. Uh, and shout out out Bart, shout out Bart and Renata and black team. team so talented at what they do uh the mission behind what they're doing is insane i mean we are like i don't care who says it we are the number one supporters of coffee black like i love that crew uh they're amazing so um but that what they did and what they've done is i think the perfect image of what coffee in memphis is agreed Um, agreed is like it's that hustle hustle culture which you're gonna make it work because you have to make it work um, and I think that's the approach that we take a comeback as well, right? Like this is our everything. We're not falling back on another career or job. Like our livelihood is this business, it's this industry. And so a lot of the folks here are taking that same approach and mentality. So you'll go and we don't have as in depth of a, uh, uh of a culture as some other places do, right? Obviously right. big city. New York, LA, uh, but even other smaller cities have Atlanta, St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. Right. Have more shops, more activity. Uh, but the folks that are here have like pushed through and built just the most special, unique concepts yeah. uh, that you're not going to find elsewhere. Right. No, like you're it, never going to find a coffee black anywhere else in the country. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, you're not going to find a boycott coffee anywhere else no. in the country. Like, they're all unique. And I think comeback is the same way. You're not going to find comeback anywhere else. Mm. Um, and that's born and bred by the mentality that you kind of are brought into when you're from Memphis. Yeah, you're it's, it's like it's, it's grind city. Yeah. It's literally, yeah, yeah it's, so. it's really cool to see everyone kind of having that, having that, um, I guess, like drive that is pretty similar in the same, like, um, I guess passion towards that and yep. you know it's it's really awesome to see and yeah it's very unique uh and yeah i gotta i gotta get you down to memphis like i, like, I mean this dude, is like I, I, i've I, like seen all of this stuff on social media but yeah i've never been uh, into any it's it's and, and one thing i just like a little side note i experiencing st louis coffee culture and, and versus like memphis it's, i guess is where i'll come from but like there are a lot of coffee shops in St. Louis. There's new ones opening at what seems like almost every three months or so, uh, but they're not connected. Like there's, there's no connection there. Uh, it, a lot of it stems from really the, what I've seen is like the, what they all have in common is that they used to work at Caldi's and like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even like it's dogging on St. Louis. It's just like they're, they're right now. St. Louis coffee culture is at a point where they are all working, trying to work together to, connect and like figure mm -hmm. out what st louis coffee culture can be because st louis is huge massive uh -huh. and there's there's a bunch of different sections and and ways to do it but memphis that's just one thing i've always noticed is it there's such a community there yeah so, yeah super thankful for i mean that's yeah coffee black uh well like when bart and Rodder are telling the story like coffee black started in comebacks courtyard like where they launch guji main is literally at a show they put on in our courtyard that's so cool which is like so cool <laughs> and yeah. you know, when we're looking at like how comeback has been successful it's because we have people like bart renata and zan and you know all these other folks dr beans all these other folks who mm. have employed us and paid us for like small gigs or have you know brought us in on projects who um, you know, when we're down and out and need cups because we ran out of cups, like it's a text message away from being able to be having that stuff delivered. So, um, we're so fortunate to have that despite it being such a small community and a very young community. It's, um, I think it's really unique in that, in that manner. So, um, yeah. Awesome. And I, uh, yeah, that, wow. This is, this is, this is I amazing. think coming from from all of that and being surrounded by that, is that, is that driving you and as comeback as like a, as a business, like, do you feel like you, you see all of this, like people coming together? Like, do you feel like it, it helps you drive towards, you know, being better and, and pushing forward in the industry and, and kind of like, I guess, what kind of does that like look like to you or how, like, I would just assume that, you know, that only, you know, helps everybody in the long run, you know, sharing yeah. the mindset and, and pushing together sure yeah i mean the statement is community over competition right like at the end of the day if everybody's working together it doesn't matter how many shops are on a street or in a community um you could have you know 30 shops on one area of, of a city as long as like everybody is like communicating and working together everybody benefits because yeah, right. yeah, you have like your spots that you go to right you have your regular spaces um, but where like a beautiful community lies is where people can hop and go, you know, on Monday I go here, Tuesday I go here because I see people across the board. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that our, our success that we have experienced 
is not one that's like been one driven or appreciated in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, right? yeah. It it's because of those other shops. It's because of the people who have like been in our corner that we've been able to grow from a small coffee shop and, you know, the furthest corner of Memphis that should not be successful. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's, we were told by so many people early on, that like comeback was going to fail like day one because of where we were located in mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, we had a line wrapped around the building first day. So that's crazy. Uh, yeah. And that's because of the people in the city, right? It's yeah. because of people in our industry promoting us and uh, helping us and being alongside of us. So uh, yeah, um, I, you have to have that. Yeah. Coming off that, where do you kind of see comeback um, going in the future? Like where, what are kind of your plans coming up or where do you see your, like yourself and the company going? It's a really funny question because uh, what we've experienced with comeback thus far is it, it, it's going to sound a little ridiculous, but don't make a plan because when yeah. you make them, it, like it's never going to pan out the way you think it yeah. will. Right. Um, you get a so, call from California when you make a plan. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, generally, yeah, like we have a plan, you know, now that we're, we're in our new headquarter space and production space, um, this area and this space is going to allow us to produce and manufacture and send out all across the world, um, which is like so insane and so exciting. Um, and so what's really fun is in the next like five years, you know, what we're doing with the beverage side of things um is what we say is like the approachable side um it's what you can see in a whole foods fresh market things like that on a shelf um and then what we're doing on the coffee side just like benefits that runs alongside of that so what's exciting about us now is that like we're not just a shop anymore the shop has been beautiful it's been run for five years we're thankful for that and like we're still doing fun things within the shop itself we just launched new to-go cups for our cafe which like i think are so sick and so much fun and uh, there's not many folks doing that kind of structure but um but then on the production side the hope is you know we're doing we have at least two flavors of coffee soda right now we're r&ding um about two to three more that we'll launch uh we are doing carbonated waters as well because Caleb, as you know, Memphis water is the best water. The best in water in the and and I I tell you this all the time and nobody believes me <laughs> here. No way. My yeah, friend, my, <laughs> yeah, my friend Lewis, uh, uh, Luke, he's from like up in Illinois, and and every right. time I go back to Memphis, he's always like, bring me back some water, and I always forget. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is. Uh, Memphis water is the best water. It uh, is, and and going uh, back, like every time I go back, I'm just like, how am I living elsewhere? Right. And, exactly. But, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll spread that gospel any day. Yeah. But, all this, all this uh, calcium that we got in this water, it's exactly great. right. <laughs> you feel it too. Um. So we're doing carbonated waters, and we're doing some fun uh, runs with that as well. It kind of just fits what we do in our mm-hmm. ethos. Here. Um. And then on the roasting side, it's just getting come back as far as we can. So. Um, you know, at the very beginning of our roasting kind of career, we did a partnership with um, Process Coffee in Ireland at a pop-up cafe alongside of them. And so stuff like that, that's what we're shooting for. That's awesome. uh, we want to have fun with it. It's not about making money. It's not about like being the biggest roaster in, in the country, right? Like it's more so about like, doing cool things that we want to do mm. and that we're with. Like hopefully we make some money out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's, 
that's awesome too because that still stays true to the same thing you've been saying this whole time the the comeback way um and i don't know man i just i'm gonna keep commending you like that's so awesome to see and i think it's just really cool like learning about you and your story and the the, the company and, and memphis culture in general i think it's really cool for me at least um and yeah do you have any questions you want to Uh, I mean, I just wanted to circle back a little bit. I, your, your packaging, the, the tin hands for the coffee, like that, when I first saw him, (laughs) you guys launched him on Instagram or you didn't, you hadn't even launched the shop yet. And I was just like, how do I get that? Like, I want this. And so like, take us through like just the deciding or really creating that packaging. Yeah. Um, so packaging is super important for us. The way things look, uh, is, I would say, obviously, like quality is number one, number two, and it's a close number two is the way it looks and the way it feels, right? Um, so I'm super lucky that I married a graphic designer uh, <laughs> because she, uh, like I said, she does all of our stuff for us. And so uh, it makes our life much easier to have that internal. Um, but as far as the the tens of coffee uh, that we launched, you know, we we have been seeing how coffee has been packaged for years now and really it's all the same right yeah like the innovation that we experienced there was like whether or not it was like the zip seal or you know what i mean or that yeah. you zip tie yeah uh, little, 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 <laughs> little tin clothes thing yeah, yeah. that was like that was the innovation is when people started doing that and so um when we started the journey of like okay we want to push this out to the public um our goal was when you're looking at our coffee on the shelf of whoever else that your eyes immediately get drawn to our product um not because our product is better necessarily there are roasters doing far better coffees than we are i can say that hands down there are you know brandy wine coffee roasters black and white coffee roasters like brandy wine flushing it right now they they Uh, are there yeah they're insane they're definitely putting out better coffees than we are um, and I'm not saying that our packaging is better than their packaging, but at the very least, our packaging alongside of their packaging makes people stands like out. it stands out. It's, it does stand out. Yes. stands out. It's uh, completely unique. I remember yeah. the day Caleb showed me, he's like, dude, come back, drop coffee. And I was like, right. what? And I was yeah, like, he was oh, like, that's sick. This? Like, this is right? <laughs> you don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, it was it was huge. I was like, wow, like this, this is insane. And it's like pushing boundaries. So. Yeah, which is the goal, right? And then yeah. it's also like coffee shouldn't be just this like one experience. And that's kind of the thought process behind the tins. We don't want you just to like drink the coffee and be done with comeback, right? So the tins are reusable. Uh, we have a program. They stay with literally on my bar right now. It is <laughs> yeah, on my right? top shelf. So yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, put all types of stuff in it and reuse it. And it's a, like, it's an art piece in your home. And so um you know that that was a big piece as well is that like we wanted it to continue in people's lives past just um yeah. you know making a cup of coffee from us so uh yeah amy crushed it uh it's great yeah We're proud yeah, of it out of the park just for good. Of the park. <laughs> uh man uh yeah well then also with within the packaging itself uh I, I just I have to ask this because uh-huh. it's literally been driving me nuts like ever since I got the first box uh-huh. the lighter <laughs> the lighters like for okay sure. so for for those who don't know like when you order from comeback coffee um uh, i really hope i'm not like spoiling a freaking surprise here but when you when no, you no, order no. from comeback coffee you you get a little lighter a, a, uh, a and it's got welcome back on it it's sick what 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 is that for 
Yeah, so uh, I was influenced by uh, a couple people. Uh, I'm gonna give a big shout out to No Free Coffee. Uh, they're in Nashville and they're overseas as well. Uh, they were in LA. I don't know if their LA shop is still open, but uh, No Free, what they do really well is they're a coffee company, they're a coffee shop, but they do merch so well. Like their merch items are on par to like professional clothing brands. I mean, right. it's insane what they do. Um, and so we watched them shape their company and we love this one launch they did. It was, they did Game Boy games, Game Boy Advance games. Oh, uh, where, yeah, it was no free. And the game that like the cartridge that you put in the color, Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Advance was like a designed no free coffee game that you could play. And it was like fully branded. It was everything insane right like that is <laughs> literally modding a game boy color at home so i'm gonna have to get right. my hands on one of those you need to get your hands on one if uh if they're still in stock but like we saw that and we're like shoot coffee and like coffee shops coffee brands like it doesn't need to be this one dimensional thing and so right. like, have fun with it all the way across the board and so for us we were looking at matches at the time we're like matt you know throwing a matchbook in there a matchbox yeah yeah yeah. Um, and then we're like, but no one really uses matches. And that's like not convenient to just carry a matchbook with you. Um, it looks tough though. Most of our employees like have lighters on them for various reasons. And so we're yes. like, let's just make lighters and let's throw that in. And so it's always like a little treat for folks. Like we like to yeah. make sure it's, it's sick. More. So we do the lighter. Yeah. I think. Anything in the extra in the box that you didn't expect yeah. is awesome to see. Like regardless of it, regardless of it, if it's just like my name on like a note, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? literally anything. I, yeah, I love when a, I love when a sticker. It's almost like for me, like it has become like if I order from a new place and they don't throw in a sticker, I'm a little mad. It's like kind of like screwed me over, right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to add <laughs> like, it to my now right. bottle. Like I know yeah. my now jean bottle has 36 stickers, but right. I want yours. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um I, I think it's like the least we can do, right? Like people are going out of their way to experience what we're doing, like are buying, literally buying into our brands and like our baby essentially. And so the least we can do is like throw some extra in there to, to say thank you for mm. trusting us even for just a little bit. So I think uh, kind of closing, starting to close out here. I just want to ask about the raccoon. The raccoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, the shirt, the shirt is sick. The shirt's awesome. The shirt's yeah. pretty tough. Amy, uh, Amy crushed that. She, that was like born out of this struggle to think of a, a design for a, a, a spring shirt. So um, so the raccoon is like our unofficial official mascot is like what we're going to like gear it up for. Yeah. So, um, but raccoons are Tennessee's state animal. Oh. Um, shout out Tennessee for that. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee for raccoons. And so uh, it's kind of like a callback to like where we're from. And, you know, we are as proud That's as we can message. be yeah. to be from Tennessee. And mm -hmm. so uh as that as, we can. as it can be and so uh that's kind of our nod to to our state in that way um awesome. but i don't know man i feel like the raccoon is just like the perfect embodiment of i mean it's uh, adorable comfortability <laughs> adorable yeah um, super cute and i don't know we just we thought it would fit really well with kind of what we're doing I think it does i think it does yeah really yeah. we found this out after doing some research but raccoons always know how to find their way back to their home mm -hmm. no matter where they're at and so it was like oh sick 
that's yeah, like, that's us. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that really <laughs> works with comeback. That's um, yeah, genius. Well, well, perfect well, little mascot for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I guess so. We're, we'll start to close out here, but uh, we zooming out a little bit, little broader scope. Uh-huh. What's your view on the coffee industry as a whole? And, and kind like, of where do you where, yeah, think where do you want to see it go? Yeah, yeah, it's a big question, right? Um, that uh, I think is like somewhat impossible to answer fully um, because the industry is changing every feels like every day, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. New things, new innovations are coming out. Whether from grinders, WT, grinders, yeah, yeah, like it, it's crazy. And then we have folks like y'all. Like y'all are doing like what five years ago would have been unimaginable. Like yeah. the idea right, of doing yeah. a podcast five years ago on coffee and like educating yeah. and uh, supporting new coffee people and like industry people, like that didn't exist back then really, right? Right. Uh, and so like props to y'all for taking the time to do <laughs> oh, this. Nice. That's, no, it, it, this is a small thing. We're, 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 well, we're doing Don't underplay we're... it. Don't underplay it. I mean, okay. it's, it's impressive from like a logistics standpoint, but it's also... Um, it's appreciated by like the larger community because uh, resources are difficult to come by, especially in the coffee industry. It's obviously growing more and more, um, but we have always appreciated folks just kind of going for it. So thank you all. But uh, yeah, but generally what I would love to see in the coffee industry um, and kind of where I do see things going is, you know, coffee, we, we have our waves that we've been through, um, we had the second wave or, you know, we went through that third wave and some people say we're in that kind of like fourth wave or like yeah. 3.5. Um, but I think where we lost touch with who we were as an industry was the comfortability piece, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost the sense of creating spaces uh, that people could enjoy and participate in and buy in. Mm-hmm. And so um, coffee black is a perfect example of folks doing it right yes. but what i hope to see is the the stuffy nature of coffee disappear mm. uh, and we have this like balance of quality we have this balance of quality and comfort side by side um, and we start seeing more shops we start seeing um, roasters and beverage groups like have fun with coffee again because mm. uh, i think yeah. we lost that piece where it yeah. had to be this certain way and it, you know if it wasn't that way then it was the wrong way it's like no like coffee can be done yeah. in so many different ways yeah, coffee's for and everyone coffee's for everybody at any point right any price point any class point any you know it doesn't matter uh coffee's for everyone so um you know i'm excited to see how that shapes out over the next several years um as the industry starts to turn a little bit more into um a, a national and like worldwide and you know, it, coffee is like I think it's the number one um, like product enjoyed by like the world. Yeah, it's uh, the number number one consumed beverage. Yeah, yeah. one. Past but that one. doesn't mean that like the culture behind coffee is supported in that way either, yeah, right? Right. Um, and so that's what I want. I want coffee to be viewed as spirits and beer and all those things. I want people yeah, to have yeah. in the same way that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And it's really cool to hear that perspective too, because I don't feel like enough people kind of touch on that. I feel like, especially with with social media getting bigger, I feel like you see more and more of this is what coffee is. And it's like a really expensive oh, yeah. and you need this thing that I... Here's my yeah. Weber workshops. Yeah, here's, here's my EG1 and my Moonraker and all this, that, and the other and a $3,000 machine when, you know, it's not that scary. <laughs> it's yeah. so unattainable. 
Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Like social media has, because uh, it's almost like visually cooler. Like the really expensive stuff is obviously yeah. cooler than like going your yeah. And, and you're gonna get a click if you if you flash a price tag, you know. Exactly so. right. Um, and so that's unfortunate because yeah, it's taken away from um, how easy it is to get the coffee yeah. and like what this industry actually is doing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a human perspective on a, you know, culture's perspective on a retail perspective, like there's really cool stuff happening in this industry. And so, yeah, I, uh, I hope it continues to grow that way. Yeah. 100%. I would love to see that. I think it's, it's honestly motivating for, for you know, like new people like us going into the industry because it's like, that's, you know, one of something that we want and, and strive for as well. It's, it's frustrating to see places that, are are exclusive or just stuck in their ways yeah. gatekeeping is a huge thing in the coffee industry like mm-hmm. i'm sick of that um and that's that's just what we i've always strived for i mean we don't want to like i said coffee's for everybody yeah. and that that is never not true in, in any in in any like uh uh group of of yeah. the industry as a whole like that's inside yeah inside yeah all right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I'm just got the last thing I'll do is I just want to ask just because you're haze and this is about you. What, what I always try to preach, like, you know, being in coffee, like don't get burnt out, you know, don't, well, <laughs> you got to have your, your, your outside hobbies. So what are some outside hobbies for you? Man, um, I am the worst about having outside hobbies. <laughs> my work is my outside hobby. So, oh, uh, okay. Well, that's it. Never mind. I mean, I, at this point in my life, uh, I just had a kid a year ago. And so, congratulations. So, um, he's like, he has a personality now, which is sick. <laughs> he's a, he's a human. Like, yeah. <laughs> out for the first year or so. And, uh, and then at like one, they start to like gain that personality and things. So right. um, you know, I'm excited to be able to like look at like what a family is going to be like. Um, so that's really special. Mm. Um, but man, I just like community is a piece I think we all miss for so long. Um, I don't think that we ever really like fully got back into it. So 100%, 100%. what I'm trying to do outside of coffee is just like be with people and hang out with folks yeah. and just like live life alongside of other people. Um, and that sounds so trendy and so oh, like, buzzword, but it's know, okay. So I mean, no, I, I like it. it. Yeah. I mean, I I've looked on it recently. Like my friends jokingly are like, dude, you never go out. And I'm like, that is actually so true. Like I don't, uh-huh. and it, we've gotten so used to just staying inside. And yeah. uh, I think, yes, I, yeah, especially for me, I think being present and making, try to be more genuine, like to be the people around me and not like just focusing on, you know, what, what's the next couple of years going to look like and stressing out about the future, like enjoy yeah. the things that you got like right now and, yeah, and the people have, that are around, especially for graduate us too. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> yeah. right. that's, cool. that's, that's the next marker. Yeah. Yeah. May, May 24. <laughs> Coming up. Uh, yeah. It's here. Anyway. Uh, thank oh, you so yeah, much. Guys. Um, this is, this has been awesome and really eye opening, uh, really thought provoking. Awesome to have you on here. Uh, it's crazy yeah. for us to even be interviewing anyone. Anyone? Yeah, like we literally like <laughs> just like te- like text DMing you on Instagram. I was like, he's not gonna respond, and it's like <laughs> like because I don't know, like it's it's just cool for us. So genuinely, yeah. thank you so much. You're you're our first ever interview, so you're you're kicking mm-hmm. off something that we hope Love we it. can make into a, a really big thing. But um, yeah, man. So yeah, I appreciate it. I'll definitely have to come down and check out the. Check out oh, Memphis. Dude, you have to oh, like it's so dumb that you haven't been. <laughs> we're, even, we're, if, we're, even if you're not even going to come back. Like come yeah. out. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, come, we'll go, we'll go to oh wait, wait, wait. You're you're from Memphis. Last thing I'll ask. 
favorite barbecue spot? Oof. This that is, is a big question, and we might we might end question. up hating each other after this. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about ribs, we're talking about pulled pork. Mm. We, okay, let's we go, can't... let's go, let's go. All right, for, for ribs, pulled pork, yeah. and brisket. Okay, ribs is gonna be the barbecue shop. Uh pulled pork is gonna be uh this might be blasphemy, but um central barbecue. <laughs> Wait, listen, hear me out. Hear okay, me out. Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> Central Barbecue's uh, pulled pork nachos on the homemade chips is the best, the best pulled pork anything that you'll experience in this country. Like, okay, it is okay. insane. Fair, so, fair. You got to get it the homemade chips. Yeah, uh, And then brisket, ooh, that's tough. Uh, Bain's Barbecue um, is killing it. They're Texas-style brisket. Mm-hmm. Really great brisket stuff. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I probably, I would probably say them as far as like brisket, but because okay. there's a lot of places that are doing really good brisket too. So, cool. uh, yeah, yeah, that's my views. Okay. Awesome. I, I support it. I support it. I guess, I guess yeah. I'll give mine now. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. What are you, what are uh, your, I think, uh, man, gosh, uh, gosh. Okay. 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 Hold pork. I really like three little pigs. Three little pigs are great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Glad we can agree. Not the best. This good. is gonna be this is gonna be a two parter. Actually, no, 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 no. Ribs. I I was so young that I don't know the company's name, but we were at yeah. Bill Street Music Fest, yeah. and they were doing a barbecue event, and there was cool. a vendor that gave us free ribs, and still to this day they've been the you best ribs I've ever had. Yeah. I don't remember where they came from, but <laughs> I know my, me and my family we always go to one and only barbecue, yeah. uh, and then brisket. Uh, I will also have to say one and only barbecue. That's my favorite brisket. Yeah, they, they do have a good brisket. That's true. That's true. All right. Bad week. All right. All right. You know, that wasn't, well, too bad. that wasn't too bad. Fair That's breakdown. Good. I'll give it to you. All right, cool. All right, All right thanks, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so guys. much, bro. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. So I'm just going to add this little bit at the end here um, and just do like an official outro, I guess. Uh, we're already an hour and nine minutes in, so I just want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. And I want to thank Hayes again um, for – uh, letting us interview him and letting us kind of pesker him for the the last hour you guys listen but yeah um again we appreciate your support um we got a lot of things coming so you enjoy your week guys um brew something good and uh we appreciate you and uh shout out Hayes one more time <laughs> see you guys <laughs>